We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everybody. What a show we have for you today here on June the 16th, 2023. You know, uh, civilizations, centuries, uh, millennia from now, are going to look back at today, today, June 16th, as really maybe a great Rubicon event. Maybe a great, like, that's how it was before. And then this is what it was like after. It's, I don't want to say it's on the level of how we say AD and BC. You know, I know that there's like the professional lingo, but we know it is after death and before Christ. That was, that was, I'm not saying today is, is like that big of an event, but I guess history is left to judge. As it's Paige Sporanic bobblehead night at uh, American Family Fields of Milwaukee. Paige Sporanic. It's actually golf night. What it is is it's golf night. It's the U.S. Open weekend, uh, so the Brewers are having a golf night. Uh, Saturday, by the way, Indiana Jones Day. Sesame Street Day is coming up. It looks like I was wrong on when that was. Some some great, I mean, some real great promotions uh, that they have for you at the ballpark. Rick and the gang always trying to figure out what can be the perfect promotion where it's like dumb enough to get attention, but not too embarrassing that we're going to get made fun of for it. And they nailed it with tonight. Paige Sporanic, uh, there's a great bobblehead. She's got a yellow skirt with a blue top. A nice Brewers golf visor hat. Paige, of course, is famous for she first uh, came on the scene. Um, she no, Paige Paige Sporanic is. I mean, we all know her. She's from. She got popular. She earned the success that she's having now by. Fuck. I guess I guess I don't know the politically correct answer to that. So enjoy it. You know, as, as Grant was tweeting, if this isn't going to get our boys in brew uh, to, to get motivated. Now, is she going to be in the building? That's important, too. Is she going to be throwing out the first pitch? Or is she glad? Hand- you can't have a page. You can't have her be the bobblehead if she's not there. If she's not there, I am going to shit all over the brewers. I know she was there for the opening of X-Golf. Is she going to be in Milwaukee? I'm serious. You can't. Mm. We'll see. I hope she's not there so I can shit on the Brewers for yet another terrible promotion. It's ultimately one of the long-term jobs that I would like to have. I would like to have. I would like to, like, if I could be anything, um, I'd like to be Lauren Michaels. Yeah, I'd like to run SNL. It probably won't happen. Uh, I'd like to be the commissioner of MLS. I'd like to completely reinvent that league. Or I would like to uh, be Rick Schlesinger. 
and run the Brewers promotions and, uh, and, and lift it up to the glory it once was. Now, speaking of MLS and soccer, my guy Bucky Boyd came at me with all the weapons. If you stayed around for the voicemail on yesterday's show, he did call back. The voicemail, when you call the Carl's Place voicemail line, 402-915-BART. And that, of course, is who the bobblehead should be of tonight. It should be of Carl. The fact that so many people have golf simulators in their house today or their place of work or their um, you know, garages or basement is because Carl, back in college, wanted to build a big screen, I think, to play like Mario Kart on or something. I don't have the specifics, but it's something like that is how it started. And then they got into the, the theater screens and then they're like, well, these can be great golf simulator screens. And so that's really been what's been very popular. So check that out again. Carl of ET.com backslash Bart. Carl of ET.com backslash Bart. So Bucky's got his voicemail later. The voicemail, when you call, it's three, you get three minutes and then it cuts you off. And so Bucky had called, got cut off, called again. We played that yesterday. I have three missed voicemails from Bucky. I haven't heard him. I don't know if we're getting an apology here or a double downing on me not being a good enough soccer fan. So, uh, speaking of not being a good enough soccer fan, U.S.-Mexico, they did play last night. I'm recording this before that. I probably ended up maybe watching it. I don't know. The Nations League. I mean, the Croatia game was good the other day. I know they're playing Mexico. USA, let me be the first to say that the USA-Mexico rivalry, it's not as cool if you're playing each other three times a year. I don't know. The Nations League is basically, and if I have this right, Bucky, I'm not going to look it up. Instead of just having random-ass scrimmages and friendlies, the federations are like, well, let's let's make a cup out of it. You know, I won't say it's a made-up tournament like my like my hammers won. But so big night tonight. We'll hear that later. Also, Matt Collier um, is not how you pronounce his name. It's Matthew Collar. I don't know what noises came out of my mouth, but. He runs uh, Purple Insider. He's another Blue Wire guy. I've talked with him before. We did a little dual podcast. He jumped on mine. I want to know what the hell's going on with the Vikings. I mean, we're an NFC North look-around season, guys. I talked a little bit about the Bears a couple weeks ago with Andy at NFL Outdated. Uh, maybe there's a Lions guy I can scrounge out of nowhere. But Matthew Collar from Purple Insider will be on the show later. That video... Will also be a separate video on the YouTube stream. Guys, Dan Shaney YouTube. The Dan Shaney Insurance Stream, danshaney.com. And so we will talk about Dalvin Cook. We'll talk about Kirk Cousins. Because essentially, all of the teams in the NFC are in some sort of rebuild. They're not where they, they're not at their peak. And maybe the closest to that, and maybe by default, is Detroit. So that's something we'll talk about with him and get the Vikings perspective because getting rid of Dalvin cook, that was a massive thing they did. And what he's saying is it just let the rest of the league know what's going on around here is that they do not, they are not contending for a super bowl. And what makes that weird is, but they have Kirk cousins still. So it's like the entire, the current, the boat is not going with the current here, folks. The current is sending the Vikings down the stream of a rebuild. And Kirk Cousins is, like, pushing back the other way. Why is he still there? It doesn't make any sense. We'll talk to Matthew about that coming up a little bit later. Um, Brewers, tonight, like I mentioned, it's Paige Sporanic night. Tomorrow, Indiana Jones Council Bobblehead. Tonight's game is on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, I know my boy Freems would always gripe about these games on Apple TV+. Plus. In fact, let's check in with Freems on Locked In Brewers. Uh, see what let's let me just tune this on and see what you would have to say here. Uh, this is Lockdown Brewers. See, the Brewers are going to be on Apple TV on Friday. I've been complaining the last two times they've been on. Now, how are we going to see our Brewer baseball? 
<laughs> not saying don't watch, but maybe it's a good thing that it's going to be a struggle to find him on or have to pay for him on Friday night. Oh, Freems, that bastard! I I didn't. I think the talk of me and him trying to do like a stadium show. What the fuck am I thinking? I just can he just come on the show? We're gonna we're gonna reach a year in September. I would like for him to be on the year anniversary show. You're you might be thinking to yourself, Bart, what if you get a real job? I mean, again, uh, that that is like, and I don't think anyone actually thought that. Um, no. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's do some voicemails. We'll get to Bucky's a little later. Let's get, we got one here from Hot Take Jake. Uh, about Middleton. Bart, 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 Bart. It's me. I just listened to your Chris Middleton take, and I, I, my my brain is just like, I don't know what's happening to it. This is Chris Middleton we're talking about here, and people treat him like it's Michael fucking Jordan. I know he helped us win a title, and I know that was really, really awesome. But the nostalgia, the cognitive dissonance that's going on with Chris Middleton is absolutely fucking insane here. You know what? Instead of finishing this voicemail, let's actually talk to the guy who left the voicemail, Hot Take Jake, because Jake's been the anti-Middleton guy forever. So you're, you don't want him, like, at all? Where are you? Finish... Turn your voicemail into, let's just have a conversation. Hot take Jake, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, thank you. The people's champ has arrived. Well, I guess it's not like my worst case scenario. There are some, you know, worst potential scenarios that could play out. Number one would be, now I'm hearing that the Bucks are interested in inquiring on Bradley Beal. That's the worst contract in basketball. That's worse than re-signing Chris Middleton. So, like, there is a, a bigger doomsday scenario. You don't want Bradley Beal? No, no. I mean, it, well, how not? Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. For a second, I thought it was 2019. It's 2023. Of course, we don't want Bradley Beal. What are you guys Thank talking you. about? You had me nervous there for a minute. I thought you were going to go on a Bradley Beal. Like, let, let's go no, all in. There's no way to get him. Even it's he's going to make 60 million dollars. Yeah, they, I mean, people, basketball fans have this thing where we're just addicted to names. You know, anytime a name becomes available, it's like, that's the guy. Let's go get him. No, 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 no. Just look at his numbers. Look at his injury history. Uh, you, you Trust me, you do not want Bradley Beal. Literally, especially, you know, say you had a bunch of pieces that you could cobble together of, like, little uh, bench pieces and, you know, guys like Allen. Or, maybe, but no, you you can't. 
bring him in unless you're getting rid of one of your core players. So, dear God, no. Hell no on Bradley Beal. So, I'm with you on that. So, I okay. Mean, I'm, you did, what, what you were calling, I think, in response to, if I let the voicemail continue, is my idea was uh, only have Chris Middleton play home games. Uh, it's funny now. Sometimes you have to laugh just to keep yourself from crying. But uh, I couldn't tell if you were being serious or not on that because it sounds pretty silly in retrospect, does it not? I mean, you don't have to, like, market it that way, but you could say, like, you could like have you could internally have a cap on Middleton. Game. You don't need regular season players. You need playoff players. Regular season shit. You know, while I get that sentiment, you still have to play the regular season, and you can't set a precedent like that because that would be like a new low for this load management BS that we're dealing with in the NBA. That that would be the new trend then. Like Kawhi Leonard would sign for $60 million a year and then play like a dozen regular season games to like get him into shape for the playoffs. So we, we can't have that. So we can throw that out the window. But I'll say this. I have a power rankings for my Chris Middleton offseason scenarios. Okay. The number one ranking for me for best scenario is you do a sign and trade deal for him. And the number two scenario is he opts into that final year and you do a trade after he opts in. The only reason I have the sign and trade above number or the opt in and trade is that in that case, you're probably going to get better value in a sign and trade than you were for just sending a guy for $40 million in a one year deal. So those are the top two. Uh, the top th- or the, the third option would be that you he opts in for the final year of the deal. You get one more year out of him and you say, okay, this is what we're rolling with. Uh, and you know, you try to keep that window open for one more season. Uh, the number four scenario would be he resigns, or I'm sorry, number four scenario, four best scenarios that he walks, and the the worst scenario is that you resign him on a four year deal because even if he stays healthy, I don't think he's worth that kind of money. You're talking about Giannis money here, and for all the people that think, oh, he's going to take a pay cut, you know, maybe he'll do like. He's making 40 in that last year of the deal. Maybe he'll make like 30 on average. That's not happening. He's already said before the season started when they asked him about re-signing, he said, well, it's a business. So that tells you right there what his number one motivation is. This is his last time or last chance to get the bag. And by all means, I don't blame him. Get that money while you can. Are you aware, though, that with Middleton, if you like, if you lose him, you don't just get that 30, 40 million dollars free? Correct. Uh, the, the, but, the way that the, the NBA salary cap, and this was what we had to go through the last time he got the extension. People were like, no, no, Middleton's not worth this. Give it to this guy. Well, you can't. The Bucks didn't have that available. They have it available for Chris because he's theirs. They don't have it available for somebody else. So you're just making your team worse. Well, it's it kind of depends on how you view it because with the new um, collective bargaining agreement, they have – the first tax apron and the second tax apron. So if your plan is to bring back all the guys, give everybody the money that they deserve, you're over that second tax apron. So now that limits you in how you can construct the rest of your roster. So you cannot do a mid-level exception. Um, I believe the other uh, rule is, is you can't um, sign guys on the veteran minimum that have accrued so much. Um, Are we both trying to read the name article? Yeah, I remember reading you know, the, the the bullet points just to not bore the viewers. Doesn't this I, the, the I always bitch about this with the MLS? Like, there's all these like all these weird like this. They the NBA's got to figure this out. This shit sucks. It's not. It's too complicated. You either have a salary cap or you don't. And you should be able to, like you should you should be able to sign your own guys and have a benefit to sign your own guys like bird rights. But then like mid-level exemption and all this stuff like you got to be a huge dork to even want to fucking figure that out well the worst thing we all do respect yeah well the worst thing that ever happened to the nba um like salary cap and the collective bargaining agreement is when they decided to do max contracts because if you had a hard cap and no max contracts that means that a guy like Giannis, for example could make as much as he can get from any team. So 
if the Bucks had a $200 million salary cap just for the purposes of this exercise and he wanted $150 million of it, they could do that. So then this, the real strategy comes into play of do we want to pool all our money on one guy and then try to cobble some players around him? Or do you want to look for value and try to build a depth-based team? To me, that is a much more interesting way of going about it, but that's just the way the NBA is. So it doesn't matter if you're a max player like Giannis, who's one of the top two to three players in the world, or you're a max player like garbage-ass Bradley Beal, who's maybe one of the top three players. They will make roughly the same salary because of stupid max contract rules. So that's kind of a hate the game instead of the player type deal. I, I just find it interesting that in my radio career, I had, uh, I just feel like you've taken the mantle from Gary Wolfel to Ram now to you. Wow. That's, I don't know if I should be honored or like if I should slap you. It's just that I've always that. like, it, it's like, okay, if you're going to recast the Bart Winkler show in 20 years, it's going to be like, well, who's going to play the Middleton hater? We need, we need someone to play the middle. Like that is a, that is a role on the show that always if if that it just gets taken up it's not like yeah i mean you know not you know but there's always a there's always a middleton hater like a I don't mind, middleton hater i don't mind being the villain because typically the villain is just the guy that realizes shit first and then you know and I, i've been that guy so uh my, my biggest issue with middleton is that if you re-sign him i believe with his injury history because I mean, his number one skill is racking up off-season surgeries. You are playing with fire. And that window with Giannis can close really, really quickly. If I had it my way, I would try to trade him for young players and young pieces. Maybe you take a little bit of a step back this year. But if you want to extend that Giannis window, that might be the way to do it. Some people want to do what I just said with Drew Holiday. I would prefer not to. But if it comes to that, I would. Mainly the biggest reason why I would keep Holiday over Middleton besides the health history is that Holiday has a elite skill, right? Which is his defensive ability. Whereas Chris is kind of a jack of some trades, but not a master of any of them. So I do want to be clear. I don't think Chris Middleton is a bad player. That's where it annoys me as a, a person that watches a lot of basketball and the tweets and the real hot takes are like, Oh, he hates Middleton. He thinks Middleton sucks. No, he's just not worth the contract that he's about to receive. I said it with Aaron Rodgers when they gave him that stupid contract extension. You don't. Well, pay yeah, that was weird. That. They gave him they gave him money for no reason. That was weird. Right, and you don't pay a guy for past performance. You pay him for what this contract is going to produce. And I think you are playing with fire in a big time way by giving Chris Middleton a long term big money extension. You know, when it ended for Chris was when he was in that Taco Bell skills challenge and he couldn't fucking dribble on NBA All-Star Saturday night. I mean, he just – it is weird. He used to be a pretty decent ball handler for a 6'8 wing, and then in the last couple of years, well, I feel like – blame Jason Kidd. Sure. I mean, that's that's why Giannis can't shoot. That's – I'm willing to blame Jason Kidd for anything. Hot take Jake. Popping on the show. We appreciate – we, I, I can't, I've said we a bunch. We, we here at the Bart Winkler show, we here at Bart Winkler Enterprises, me. But it's, it's we, isn't it? Not, isn't it not a community? How do I sound? I took a THCO the other night. Ooh, yummy gummy. That's what I say. I say, I, uh, I'm going to make a commercial for them. I'm going to make a commercial for happyplacehemp.com that can be put on like for like TV. I'll do all your corporate buys guys. I just, I just want to be on TV. I think, I think uh, me rubbing my fat gut going yummy gummy in my tummy. I think that could be like the next one call. That's all one call. That's all yummy gummy in my tummy. Happyplacehemp.com. Promo code is BART. 25% off every order. Every order at happyplacehemp.com. That's another good last second Father's Day gift, too. Get your ass to Muskego. 
Get your ass to college court today and get some gummies for dad. He'll either be like, he'll be like, oh man, I haven't, I haven't done something like this in years. Or he'll be like, if you have a really old dad, watch this. A gummy gets me high. Yes, dad. Yeah, get take some gummies with dad and watch. Take some gummies with dad and listen to Bart on CBS Sports Radio watching golf. That is a weekend right there. Happyplacehemp.com, promo code BART. Jake touched on it a little bit, the Bradley Beal stuff. I thought it was going to be like a light rumor move on, but I mean, people are really trying to piece Bradley Beal together here to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um. I don't think it's going to happen. So I don't know how much time I want to spend on this. And I'm kind of fatigued on anything. Bradley Beal. We've been trying to get Bradley Beal. We people have been trying to get Bradley Beal for Middleton for seven years. You guys have been trying to make that trade. And now it's like, well, maybe for Drew. And now we're trying to attach it together. Name wrote an article on it at the athletic where he tried to go through all the scenarios about what could happen, what might have to happen. I don't think there's any scenario that you keep Brooke, Drew, Chris, and Giannis and then add Bradley Beal. That ain't happening. Maybe if you got Drew in the deal, I guess, you know, who's going to run point? I don't know. I just, I don't feel like, I again, I don't feel like that's the answer. I feel like it's a, it's a lateral move. Maybe I'm wrong. I just, I'm not like... With the salary that it is, and, and it hamstrings you for other stuff, and he's been injured all the time, I'm just not sure that that's the right option. But, they, hey, once once you cross that line into I'm someone who wants Bradley Beal on the box, you want Bradley Beal on the box. There's no there's no coming back for that. Um, I did – tweet about the Nuggets parade and Jokic had some, said something like, I said I didn't want to fucking parade. I'm so glad I'm fucking parade. And it just was a great moment. Um, so I tweeted, what was the highlight of the Bucks parade rally? PJ saying the we dogs line, we all wanted him to say. Thanasis in his car, I don't know. Just seems like everyone's always having more fun than we did. I felt like the Bucks parade was good, but I felt like the stage stuff was kind of, it left a lot to be desired. I've said that before. I think the way I tweeted it, I didn't, I didn't tweet it right. But I just, I, the stage stuff, the stage stuff was underwhelming. Giannis only talked for like 40 seconds and it was, you know, very corporate. You know, PJ said, we dogs, but he had already said, we dogs. That was such a say the line, Bart sort of thing. So I don't know. I'm not sure I liked it. I didn't like it. It was underwhelming. It was underwhelming. The parade was good. The stage stuff was underwhelming. I will stand by that. I will stand by that. Parade good. Stage bad. I want to congratulate the Golden State Warriors they have won the Professional Basketball Writers Association Award for the Best Media Relations Department. That's right. The Golden State Warriors have now won this award six times in the last 10 years. They actually haven't given it out. They've won five of the last six. The Heat won it the year before the bubble? No, during the bubble. The bubble year. And then, uh, so then the Warriors weren't there. So they didn't, they basically have won this award every year. They didn't give it out the last two years for the pandemic. You probably don't care, but I'm, I'm proud of my brother. So I'm proud of him. Matthew Collar is up next. We're talking Vikings and trying to figure out what the hell happened. Delvin Cook's gone. It doesn't make sense. They're trading guys. They're getting rid of the, like, Thielen, but then Cook's a little younger. Like, what are they doing? And if they are rebuilding, why is Kirk Cousins still there? Talk to Matthew Collar about that from Purple Insider. 
NFC North look around. This isn't quite that, um, but with Matthew covering the Vikings and a lot of Viking stuff going on and there not being any other football-related content to talk about for six weeks, I thought we would talk to Matthew about what's going on with the Vikings. Great to see you again, sir. Um, Okay, Delvin Cook, obviously. Why didn't they trade Kirk Cousins for Trey Lance, though? What? Yeah, it's a great place to start. And uh, don't count out them still trading Kirk Cousins for Trey Lance. Um, Aggregators don't pick that up. Uh, It's not a report. But, (laughs) I mean, it is interesting, though, that at the beginning of this offseason when they restructured Kirk Cousins' contract, there were a lot of good football players who were still on this team that are no longer on this team, including Zadarius Smith and Delvin Cook. And when you look around, you've got Daniil Hunter holding out. And if he doesn't end up coming back as a Viking, this is a complete rebuild outside of Kirk Cousins. And of course, you know you have other talented players, Justin Jefferson, Christian Derrissaw, but it is nowhere near a roster that's ready to legitimately compete for a Super Bowl. It's a team that could probably win eight or nine games. It's not the toughest division in the world. It's not the toughest NFC in the world, but they've taken a complete long-term approach to this, including not extending Kirk Cousins, which seems sort of odd that he's still on the team almost because you don't see this very often with a veteran quarterback of his age and also his price tag being placed on a team that is almost entirely young players everywhere else. Because outside of Kirk Cousins, I mean, the long snapper is over 30 years old and Harrison Smith is over 30 years old, Jordan Hicks. And I think that that's it for the entire team, for players that are over 30. And we know that experienced teams with proven talent are usually the ones that compete for Super Bowls. So they could have a bunch of stuff go right again. They could have a bunch of these young players develop and Brian Flores, their defensive coordinator. It could all come together and have them win 10 games and have them maybe win the division if you know, Dan Campbell bites too many ankles or whatever, and it all falls apart in Detroit is just Detroit. But is that really like the outcome that you're looking for? It would make more sense to have a young quarterback in this situation, but they don't have one. And they decided not to draft one in Will Levis. And I don't know that San Francisco actually wants to part ways with Trey Lance until they're really sure that they want to part ways with Trey Lance. So it's kind of awkward is really the best way I would describe this. Yeah, it'd be like if Rodgers was on this current Packers team where everyone's basically under the age of 26. I think, you know, it kind of makes sense what the Vikings are trying to do, and then you can argue, I think, both ways. The the weird thing about it is the timing. It just seems like they decided if they if they are going through a rebuild, and it's such a, you know, such a word that is it a rebuild or a reload? Is it a reshuffle or a re-strategy? It's, so stupid it's a rebuilder it's not and i think with the vikings they're doing it at like such a weird time that in the nba adam silver would have fined them seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for deciding to tank too late but here they are and you look around at that division and it is up for grabs the last time we talked we settled on like i don't know the vikings are an eight or nine or ten win team and they might be walking away from that notion when the nfc north is there for the taking but they might be looking at bigger aspirations here they made that nfc championship game as everyone knows they got Kirk cousins to go farther never got that far again so they might be thinking look we could win the north right but who cares let one of these other guys do it we're trying to win a super bowl and to do that we're gonna have to reload a little bit that's how i would look at it i don't know if vikings fans and those around the vikings are thinking the same thing with how wide open, like you said, the NFC is not good. Yeah. I think that Vikings fans have been ready for this for a few years, actually. Uh, I mean, because I, I, you would think that coming off of a 13 win season that trading away or releasing a bunch of players who were stars and who were good uh, and not even really making a legit attempt to bring back people like Patrick Peterson, kind of low balling someone like Adam Thielen on a restructure and letting him hit the market. You would think that that would kind of draw the ire of the fan base. What are you doing? You just won 13 games. But I also think that we have come far as a society when it comes to analyzing NFL teams timelines and just pro sports teams in general we've seen it happen enough I would not call this a tank because Kirk Cousins is still here if Nick Mullins was playing quarterback then you're talking about a tank or Jaron Hall who they drafted in the fifth round but when Kwesi Adafo Mensa took the job 
he said, I think we're competitively rebuilding. And we kind of went, what does that mean, my man? What are you talking about? Oh, this is what they're talking about, (laughs) where there is no tank and they have enough talent, especially with Justin Jefferson, but also they have two of the best tackles in the entire NFL. And I think they'll have a reasonable running game, even without Dalvin Cook, who was subpar last season in comparison. They have multiple good receivers, draft a first receiver, first round receiver. TJ Hawkinson's a heck of a player. Like that is an offense that is too good to just be horrendous. And you can't tear that down. You can't tear Justin Jefferson down or Christian Derrissaw. Those players are way too good. So you're in a position where you have to keep those guys together and give them a reasonably good quarterback and give them a chance to win the division while just taking a long-term approach. So I've used every word for it, retool, refresh, rebuild, whatever. But the reality is that I think what they're just doing is taking a long-term vision there also wasn't really another choice. When you look at their salary cap situation, they would have had to get major pay cuts for many of those guys to have even gotten under the salary cap. And that's why they restructured Kirk Cousins contract because otherwise they were just over the salary cap, which you're not allowed to be uh, by a certain date. So they needed to do a lot of these things. But I also think that if they had tried to bring it all back with all those guys being a year older and look at the history of teams that don't have Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, look at the history of 12 and 13 win teams. How often do they ever do it again? I mean, you would know this. Look over uh, to your uh, West and see the Vikings in 2009 to 2010 or 2017 to 2018. I think having a general manager who's taking the approach that what happened last year was not repeatable and you should take this long-term, let's not hurt ourselves with the salary cap. Let's get a little draft capital if we can, and uh, let's you know reset the roster. I think it's just living in reality because if you take more swings to try to get as many wins and squeeze one more win out of this thing, and you end up eight and nine like they did in 2021, well, that's how people get a lot of pressure on their on their jobs. That's how people get fired is by misassessing where your roster should be and your chances to win. I think if you're not a team that has Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, then you understand that you peak every so often and you got to hit on that when you do, but you can't really like count on that from year to year. So you have to build with a timeline in mind of this is the year say it's 2025, that we should have a real legitimate chance. And uh, I think if you're doing that, it's a much better approach than the previous regime, which just kept trying to justify signing Kirk Cousins by signing Michael Pierce or trading for Chris Herndon or uh, many other various moves that just didn't work. So I, I like what they're doing from that perspective, because I think had they gone the other direction and tried to repeat 13 wins, they would have got eight and then everyone would have been very disappointed. So the Vikings GM is basically admitting the season was fraudulent, like all Vikings fans hated to hear. Well, in a way, yeah, or admitting that you can't redo Do that. that again. I mean, yeah. right. I mean, like Patrick it's Peterson, fraudulent. right. It's sort of, yeah, I mean, and look, it was like fraudulent was probably the harshest way you could possibly put it. But the problem with fraudulent is everyone said that word. It wasn't like some said fluke and some said you know, lucky. It's just that everyone focused on fraudulent and Vikings fans are like, shut up. Well, and, and the other thing is too, that, you know, having seen every game and covered every game, a lot of those one score wins were kind of like ish, like they were ahead and kind of had a bad defense and let the other team come back within one score. So I think that they were probably, and the, the point differential, and this is not to defend last season as some all-time great 13-win team. This is not the 84-49ers, I promise you. It's much closer to that Pittsburgh team that won 13 games a few years ago and then got blown out by the Browns in the first round. So they're much closer to that. But, I mean, I do think that a couple of blowouts, what happened in Green Bay got away from them, what happened uh, against Dallas got away from them. Overall, they were a good team that sort of masqueraded as a great team. But it was their last shot to kind of try to repeat 2017 for all the years after 2017, they were chasing the NFC championship with a lot of the key core players. And if you couldn't do it that year where everything broke your way, you had the easiest schedule. You had uh, Justin Jefferson having an all time great season. Your offense is top 10. If you couldn't do it, then, then you weren't going to do it with this group. And I also think too, when you take over as the GM and a new head coach, 
I understand if the ownership wanted them to run it back and sort of prove it was the last guy's fault, but you also, at some point got to make it yours. You have to make it your quarterback. You have to make it your roster, the guys that you drafted and you built in your vision and they're starting that process, but it's weird. It's a very weird season. Like what are we supposed to do with expectations for this team when you still have cousins and all these good offensive players, but your defense is way too young. Your schedule is way too hard. Are we just supposed to go like, well, if they win seven, that's totally fine. All good here. I mean, I could take that approach because I think that that's like better for their long term, but I'm not sure that all fans are going to take that approach because, and, and I know you guys don't know this very well in Green Bay, but when you win seven games or six games, it gets pretty ugly, it gets pretty miserable. So, uh, you know, I, I'm interested to see kind of how they approach that and, and how they deal with the roller coaster that's about to come. And then, of course, at some point, the big decision on what they're going to do at quarterback. Is it going to be woo somebody else? Is it going to be Aaron Rodgers? Because it has to be because history. Uh, is it going to be drafting somebody? I mean, the, there are so many decisions still to happen. But ultimately, whether this rebuild, competitive rebuild, refresh, Ultimately, whether it works depends on who the next quarterback is, but we're also still going to watch Kirk Cousins play 17 games. So, so awkward, so uncomfortable. Matthew Collar, Purple Insider. You can check out the podcast, purpleinsider.com. That's what's weird about the rebuild is if you're going to rebuild, you, you at some point need a quarterback. So it's almost like either they really didn't like anybody or nothing fell to them because, you know, the Packers are starting anew and they're doing it with Jordan Love who's a younger guy. The bears have been building. Now it's Justin Fields. It's, it's the quarterback and the team. It's everybody builds it together. So if the Vikings get to a spot where they've built something, they're either, they almost have to go get a veteran. The last thing you want to do is draft some rookie and have him, unless it's, you know, like a Caleb Williams, but then they're, they're not going to be, you know, so I don't know. I can't, it's just, it's that Kirk cousins thing is very, it just doesn't, makes sense your entire body is going forward but the eyes are in the back of your head looking the other way and this is why the trey lance idea actually does make a lot of sense because if they were to trade for trey lance if he's great and fits really well with justin jefferson then you'll probably win games and be excited about the future and have your young quarterback and if he was really bad then you win four games and then you draft drake may or something but this is the story of the Minnesota Vikings franchise is, oop, we win too many games to draft the top quarterback. I mean, the last quarterback that they took high in the draft was, I mean, Christian Ponder is kind of high-ish, Dante Culpepper, and then nobody. I mean, for the rest of history, uh, call, uh, uh, Bridgewater was 32nd, and they took Kellen Mond in the third round. I mean, they just have not had that opportunity very often because their entire history is them winning 10 games and sort of winning themselves right out of the conversation for a top quarterback. You do wonder, though, this year with the schedule that they have and all the new players, if it could be what I have dubbed as the natural tank, where you're not trying to tank. If you're, again, if you're trying, you would trade Kirk Cousins immediately and then, you know, uh, go forward from there and win two or three games with Nick Mullins. But it's more of the forces of nature just sort of take you down. Like it's a Kirk Cousins playing in a contract year. I don't know if, and I'm not accusing him of this, but I don't know if you can give the same heart and soul and guts as he did last year. And I thought he really, really played with a lot of heart last season. I don't know if you are feel as committed if you're him or if you want to protect your neck a little more if you're him to make sure you get the next contract i i don't know i mean that's got to seep in even if it's not intentional of the idea that the team didn't buy into you and, and so like what's your motivation just kind of like in 2017 in washington there's it's almost the very same situation so if the forces of nature and the schedule kind of drag them down and they win six games or something you're in pretty good position to try to trade up to get someone. And one thing we know is that every year we go, well, there's only one or two quarterbacks next year's draft. And then there's like five guys by the time we actually get there because somebody emerges and whatever else. Um, I do think it makes a lot of sense with the timeline of all the players on the entire team to look at draft a quarterback, put the guy into a great situation with Justin Jefferson and, and offensive tackles that are good 
and then develop the rest of the roster with plans before the 2025 season to spend like maniacs in free agency and build up and try to win at that point. It is hard to ask people to wait until then, right? But I think the Vikings fans are ready to do it because they've just been mediocre, middling, not quite good enough. And even when they have a good enough season that by Aaron Rodgers Packers standard or Brett Favre Packers standard would be like the expected is 13 and three. But for the Vikings, it's like your once a decade had to get lucky and make 60 yard field goals and have quarterbacks fumble QB sneaks. Like everyone's done with that. They don't want that anymore. It's like draft a guy, take your shot at the big time. And even if you don't hit on the next Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, What if you get the next like decent guy who you can stack the roster around and give Justin Jefferson? And I I think it's a a good plan, whether it's executed or not, it's hard to say. I think it's much better than trying to like keep Adam Thielen around for one more year. And then, you know, you know, he's gone and there's all stuff with Hunter and, but the Delvin cook thing, I think it was that because Delvin cook. So, a lot of what I base off is of how I did in daily fantasy. And I remember taking Dalvin cook a lot and being a little disappointed in Dalvin cooks numbers. And except when he would play the Packers, he was always the best running back ever. Was this more of like a, Hey, running backs. They, this is, this is the league with running backs. Now you, you're Ezekiel Elliott, you get a contract and then you are on the street and have nowhere to go. Or is this like Dalvin cooks, just not what they thought he was. Well, I think that there's a few different factors with Delvin Cook. I mean, number one is last year was decidedly his worst year as a Viking. And if your guy is going to be 28 years old and just had his worst year as a running back, what's your bet on what happens next based on history? It doesn't go back up usually. Once it goes down with running backs, it does not come back up. And I think that if you're Kwesi Adafo Mensa, you've probably taken a little peek at the numbers and history on that. Any fantasy player knows that when you're trying to guess uh, what running backs will have big seasons. Are you picking a guy who's 28 and is coming off his worst yards per touch, worst yards per carry, The advanced metrics don't love what he did last year. And clearly the Vikings didn't love what he did last year. And clearly the league didn't love what he did last year, or someone would have traded for him or signed him immediately. When he came out, everybody's got the same data. Everybody's got the same film pro personnel departments. And now he's trying to argue that while his shoulder is fine now, because he had surgery on an injury from four years ago, it's like, okay, well, this all sounds like, and those injuries, by the way, have have piled up. So it all kind of sounds like the same story with many older running backs that we've gone through. And what you'd rather be is a year early moving on than a year late, because if he is Ezekiel Elliott and you're a year late, then it actively hurts you like it did with the Dallas Cowboys last year. The other point is that they've drafted running backs. They drafted one this year, seventh round, but they drafted one last year in the fifth round. The previous regime drafted Alexander Madison and drafted Kenny Wongwu. That's a lot of draft capital to just let sit and watch Delvin Cook you know, run uh, 275 times next year, right? So I think they want to find out which one of these guys can play. I mean, Kenny Wongwu is their kick returner and he runs a 4-3 and weighs like 195 pounds. Like, I don't know, I'd like to see him get the ball if we're rebuilding a bunch of other parts. Like, let's see if this guy can do it. And I, I think that it all kind of plays in. And plus, he's just, he was going to make a ton of money. His salary cap was going to be enormous, his cap hit. And if you're going to extend Jefferson possibly extend Hunter, extend TJ Hawkinson, you can spread some of that money out a little bit more into this year if he's gone. And it's harder to do that if he's not. So if he's not going to be part of the future, if he's only going to help you win now, then kind of what's the point? But I think that that was the move that woke up everyone to what is going on in Minnesota. Because before that, it was sort of like, oh, Thielen, he must have been older or whatever. But it's like, Delvin Cook, wow. And here we were like, yeah, Yeah, that's pretty much what they're doing. That's what they're doing this entire offseason. But it was interesting that all of a sudden the NFL world kind of went like, oh, since nothing else was going on. Oh, wow. They got rid of Delvin Cook. What are they doing over there? Well, that's why we're talking is because Delvin Cook got released. And it's funny. um, Everyone like so the Lions, this is their opportunity because my favorite my favorite stat in all of football is the Buccaneers have won this division more recently than the Lions. But you've got three teams now that are rebuilding and we'll see what happens if they're all good at the same time. And it could be, uh, it could be fun. Matthew, thank you as always. I appreciate you.
Yep. And uh, uh, you'll make an appearance, I'm sure, soon on my show as well. So uh, thanks for having me and uh, enjoy. I'm sure you got a cabin to go to, right? Or something this summer? No. You're not a cabin guy? How are you not a cabin I'm guy? My friends, I got friends. I got I got it. But then I, yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. Okay. All right. We won't get into it, but we'll talk ball again soon. Thanks for having me, man. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Matthew Collar, you can find him. Uh, he's part of the Blue Wire Network. So if you ever want to know what's going on with the Vikings, check him out. I don't know. You could be you could be a, you could be a whack job that likes the Packers and Vikings and want more Vikings content. We'll do a. Uh, this was a very nice thing. We talked some Vikings at a real football kind of breakdown on Monday's show. Matt Ramage is going to join us. Yeah. I've never had the opportunity to talk to Matt and we're going to talk. I'm going to talk to Matt Ramage. I like what he's doing online. Good presence on social. Uh, he's, he's one of these people that found us found a way to get sponsored by quick trip. Even though I invented the phrase quick triple and I've eaten breakfast, lunch, and dinner there many times, same location. I feel like they should throw me at least maybe a gas card, but uh, Matt's going to be on the show on Monday. All right, Bucky Boyd sent me some voicemails. I used them on yesterday's show. He was all over my ass. Basically called me, not just a fake West Ham fan, I think like a fake soccer fan. So he left a few voicemails today. Um, he called a few times because you get three minutes and then it cuts you off. So I've got seven minutes of Bucky Boyd. If you want to, if you're if you're captivated, uh, stick around. If you're not interested in the soccer saga, then uh, you could dip out here, and I'll catch you again on Monday. The rest of the show now is Bucky Boyd and the soccer saga. So if you missed the voicemail from yesterday, do listen to that. I also put my reaction on YouTube. And here's the follow-up, Bucky Boyd on the Carl's Place voicemail line, carlofet.com backslash Bart. Hey, Bart. Uh, it's Bucky Boyd here. Um, <clears throat> I'm calling to address my voicemail from Thursday's pod uh, after some reflection. Uh, and I suppose I did unfairly lunge at you with a bit of an elitist attitude uh, when it comes to soccer, and I do apologize for that. You know, after returning from Europe, where you can kind of feel the football all around you and the immense passion for the game. Pod where you're discussing the freaking MLS and the fact that West Ham won a fake trophy. It's had me a bit hot, and I, I do admit I unfairly hurled accusations your way. Um, nonetheless, I would like to discuss and follow up on some things in detail. Um, first of all, I would like to address my Man City fandom, which you... Um, kind of alluded to the fact that most people didn't support it until like the 2010s when they were finally succeeding. Um, you know, as I was growing up, I watched, you know, a ton of Premier League, probably more so than any American sports. Uh, I never really had a squad. You know, I, I did have a few Liverpool kits here, a few Man United kits here, but I, I never really had a squad. And you can sprinkle in some national team kits as well, like the English team, the Brazilian team, Italian team, German team, you know, kind of the big world world national team clubs uh at the time um i started following city around 2008 2009 you know which is right around when they were acquired by the abu dhabi group but you know the financial impact hadn't really been felt yet you know they were still a club hanging in the balance i think they finished maybe 10th in the table that year um the team was still full of you know english blokes like craig bellamy sean wright phillips michael richards Stephen ireland who's actually irish and i think that's what i liked about it uh, it felt like an English team. You know, I believe uh, a particular memory that I recall is an FA Cup match. I, I forget who they were playing, but 
Um, you know, I was watching where Craig Bellamy, you know, had this wonder goal where he kind of dribbled from the wing, cut inside like a classic winger does, kind of finished far post. And I, I was just amazed by this, you know, uh, you know, sequence of play. And I kind of fell in love with City ever since. You know, this is not some 2019 commencement of fandom. This is a little over a decade of, of support and pain and misery. And then we finally reached the Champions League mountaintop. Um, you know, technically my fandom does start inside the money window, but the team was not anywhere close to what it is now. So I don't think that constitutes uh, bandwagon or whatever you want to characterize it as. Um, but I think the fact, I think this speaks to kind of a larger issue with, with football and soccer, particularly in the U.S. You know, me having to justify, uh, you know, this in my fandom for City is, is a bit of a microcosm as to what the state of, like I said, the fandom in the U.S. is, you know, always guilty till proven innocent, having to legitimize your fandom, you know, the people who actually know the game or know it a bit don't really let the others in. So, you know. Okay, well, that he got cut off, and I'm intrigued to where this goes. Bucky, I, too, have once been overseas, and I was in uh, Munich. So I should have known Bayern Munich. I've been there, so I should have known. But they were playing in a Champions League match. Uh, They were playing Manchester United at the time, and we were there at a hotel right near the stadium, and I should have tried to get tickets. I I was 17 in a foreign line. My buddy and I stayed back from the whole – squad of our school trip to watch the game in a hotel room which german tv is great because there's like no requirements on swear or you, you see a lot of boobs basically german tv is like american tv only with boobs like if the big bang theory was in germany the girls would be topless for no reason they just we, we just that, that's look it's 2023 the woman can express herself however she wants to. Uh, anyway, I'm all I'm saying is that there were boobs on TV. I was 17. Christ. But I've come back after seeing that. I saw teams. I saw the fan bases from the teams chanting at each other in a street. I started to cry. I thought, why can't soccer be like that in my country? Why can't soccer be like that here? MLS started when I was in my baseball hiatus, MLS started in 96. So I really got into it. Uh, I'd watch the games on ABC Saturday afternoon. The presentation's always been bad. They get like, they can't find you watch a premier league game or a world cup game. And there's just, and then you watch an MLS game. Like they can't figure out the camera angle It's already fucked. And then the brightness was always bad. They couldn't figure that out. Maybe it's the games look bad being played in the sun. I don't know. Apple TV's done a better job with it. I check in on the free games from time to time. All right. More from Bucky, who has properly explained that he's a Man City fan and a deserving one. So I I, uh, I take back my insults. More from Bucky. Bart, I was cut off, and I really remember my place i was kind of in a bit of a passionate rant but i'm gonna assume it cut off right around my end of the end of the man city rant but um you know again i the the man city fandom it was not something that uh commenced in the late you know 20 teens um you know this my fandom technically did start yes inside the money window but the team was not anywhere close to what it is now um and it speaks to a larger point or concept, I think. You know, me having to sort of justify that is a bit of a, a, a microcosm. Well, Bucky, now you're going to get cut off. You're going to get you're going to get cut off. He ends up getting cut off from this voicemail too, because he's he didn't know when he got cut off. Let me just let me get to some new content. Um, don't really let others in, and that that seems to be the case across the U.S. to a degree. Um, so, you know, that I do apologize for again, you know, my voicemail did certainly come off a bit elitist. And uh, again, I I think I was just hot after returning from Europe. Um, you know, I was, 
I was in a pub next to the FES Stadium rooting for Man City in the Champions League final with the locals. Um, no one in the pub was walking around questioning the fandom or when did you start supporting City? Who's your favorite player? Um, you know, it's not it's not as if it was a watch part in the U.S. where you're walking around saying, so how long have you supported? It's, you know, I, I think that's probably one of the deeply rooted issues in U.S. soccer fandom, um, especially when it comes to supporting international clubs. Um, secondly, I would like to address my accusations of your West Ham fandom. You know, I suppose my accusations were a little bit rooted in how you how little you do bring up West Ham, and, and when you do, it's usually in jest, which I... I think I'll How am I supposed to bring up West Ham? Classic dry Wisconsin humor. Um, no one cares I, I about West Ham. Just used to other Americans claiming a Premier League squad or, a, or another global club, and not really knowing anything about it, they just picked it and followed blindly. Um, and in, in terms of the what you alluded to, in terms of the bubbles being blown uh, during West Ham matches, I think you should blow bubbles every once in a while on stream during a, the, the, the prime season if the Hammers win at the weekend. I think that would be awesome. Um, and that really, that reminds me of a particular uh, West Ham match, I think either from two or three seasons ago when Mikel Antonio scored and he ran to the touchline and grabbed a cutout of himself and he's running around the pitch, uh, reachly, eventually reaching the end line, jumping over into the stands and he holds up his cutout in, in the midst of all the bubbles. Um, I think you should blow some bubbles on stream every now and again. But yeah, I just wanted to address a few things. Got cut off again. One more time for Bucky. Hey, Bart. Got cut off again for the second time. You know, this this topic requires some depth. And, you know, again, I just wanted to apologize for my elitist football attitude uh, for my voicemail on Thursday. And uh, I'm hoping we can kind of continue this, can continue this conversation about soccer and football and whether it is the Premier League or, you know, the MLS, the, the – overall state of soccer in this part of the world. Um, I think we can continue to have some healthy conversations about the game and start to cultivate a positive attitude and not really rant at each other, you know? Um, so yeah, you know, thank you for playing my voicemail and, you know, um, kind of calling me out. It's sort of elicited some reflection and, um, you know, love the pod and, you know, hopefully I'll leave the voicemail soon and we can continue this conversation. Peace and love. All good. Peace and love to you. I just did not – I mean, the way that – the way that you had, like, an axe to grind on me, I just I, – I, it took me off guard. It took me off guard. I'm not as big of a West Ham fan as you are a Man City fan. So, I, I – they're my team. Uh, I like them. I watch games. I do not watch every – I do not watch every fixture. Sometimes I miss them. Um, but I'm very in tune into where they are on the table and what's going on. And I, I watch them as much as I can. Um, but I say the same shit about the Brewers. I'm still a Brewers fan. I wear Brewers hats on the stream. I could wear I could wear more of my West Ham stuff. I have a West Ham jersey kit. Jersey. I have a West Ham jersey that I'm one size too big for. And then I have two West Ham shirts that are XL that I should fit in. But so like my neck to my boobs is a large. And then my stomach is a double X. That's where I am. So I'm trying, I'm having a real hard time with my wardrobe. That's why I was so pissed that I didn't lose weight when I wasn't drinking, I want to fit into, I, if I, if I could drop 20 pounds, I'd have a whole new wardrobe. I have a closet full of nice clothes that my wife has bought for me that have the tags on them still. Cause by the time she bought it at the store and the time that she came home or it was a nice enough time to wear some of the shirts, I'd already fatted out of them. So that sucks. Well, we both love soccer. Uh, West Ham, Man City. We'll have to get together for a game at one of the pubs. I think that that would be that would be that's the next step. I played some voicemails. I was like, "What the fuck?" I said, "What the fuck?" You said, "Hey, here's what I meant." 
Let's have a pint. Let's have a pint, you old bloke, you. Bucky. It's a beautiful game. It's going to catch on in America one of these days. One of these days. All right, uh, Monday, we'll talk some Brewers, see how Paige Sporanic night went. And Matt Ramage will be on the show. From the Matt Ramage show. This is the Bart Winkler show. Spay and neuter your pets. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.